Troops, here we are, live again, the Eagle Podcast. Again, I've scoured the very best of social media, searched high and low, and I've found another awesome uh, veteran-owned podcast called The Alleycast, which is run by a top guy, uh, Stephen O'Connor, from the Gun Tabin uh, group, which you might be related to on Facebook. How are you doing, mate? How was life? I'm good, mate. I'm good, you? Yeah, um, it's now the 1st of December or 2nd December and uh, the Christmas songs are on, mate, and uh, that's a dance. Oh, mate, oh, no, first one I heard today was it. It was Bing Crosby and David Bowie and I thought, oh, God, it's December, isn't it? And then one yeah. of my managers I went in to see, he's the most miserable sod you've ever met in your life. <laughs> and uh, all these staff had like, the, the, um, decorated his desk with baubles. There was Christmas songs playing outside his office. Never seen such a miserable man in my life. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I try and hold off until like I won't have any of it in November like I'm not yeah. no November's far too early but I was out yesterday with my troops and we were all talking yesterday on a mooch and we were like what's your favorite Christmas movie and then someone said Die Hard and I was like Die Hard I was like <laughs> <laughs> he's like yeah Nakatomi Plaza Christmas John Wayne welcome to the party pal I was like oh, I've never really ever truly thought of it of a Christmas <laughs> movie but uh I suppose it, it takes place at Christmas so um Hey, it must be. Uh, for me, it's Scrooged. What's where are you at with it? Where's your, what's your Mate, favorite um, Christmas? You know, I've never even thought about it. I always get, I always get forced to watch the Christmas card by my missus. Yeah, I don't know if you've seen. Have you seen that one? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I don't really watch them, mate. But yeah, that, that's the one I always end up watching. And there's always yeah. a, there's always a bit of a, a man here at the end. I'm like, no, no it's fine, <laughs> it's fine. Something to be right. <laughs> yeah, no, it's. Uh, it's an army tradition in my house. We, we watch a Christmas carol, a version, on Christmas Eve. Uh, I normally devour a full box of roses, um, but it, it, it's, it's one of them. I think it's good, it's good to have tradition. And on that, I saw what you posted on Saturday. You're training for uh, a very, very tasty event. Oh, are you t- training for a few tasty events? I'm training for a few, but that's the first, really. I've said for the past couple of years that I'm going to do an ultra. Um, nice. And I've always put it off. So this year, <laughs> so about, well, this, this year I thought, right, that's it, I'm going to do it. So I'm training for the Brecon to Cardiff Ultra, which is in February. So yeah. basically, oh. has, does what it says in the tin, starts off in Brecon, over the beacons, end up in Cardiff, 42 wow. miles, 12-hour cut-off. So, uh, so yeah, there's that, and uh, yeah, a couple of other things next year as well, so. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. <laughs> that that there keeps you motivated over the Christmas period, doesn't it? Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that'll get me out. I'll still be out because um, we've got a horse, so the wife will be out mucking out on Christmas Christmas morning. I'll go out for a quick run. Yeah, best day of the year to go out running because there's nobody about. Sort of five yeah. five six o'clock in the morning, and uh, yeah, that'll definitely keep me motivated over Christmas. Yeah, we've uh, we've said here that we're doing a park run. Our local yeah, park yeah. runs on on Christmas Day, so we're going to do a five k park run. Um, but it's funny you should mention that because we're about to, and, and it hasn't opened yet. I, I'm very lucky. I know um, the guy who runs a series up here called the Hard Mowers, which is like a trail running event um, based on the North Yorkshire Mowers. Yep. And they've got like a series starting at marathon distance yep, and going all, that, yep. going all the way to 200 miles. Yeah. Now, <laughs> I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not diving in at 200, but... We're going in for it, me and the missus. Um, we're going in for the 60 miles uh, next September. Yep. So, like, I- I've been out running a lot more as well, do you know what I mean? And it's like, 
you've got to make yourself accountable, haven't you? And you've got yeah, to have totally. something where it's like, yeah, yeah, I can't. I can't just completely go AWOL on Fizz and just put 10 stone on and then think, oh, yeah, I've got that 60 mile at a crack. Oh, um, if, if, if I've got nothing to aim for, then I'll quite happily do what you're... Yeah, I'll quite happily sort of sit and eat the roses and have a few <laughs> pints and do absolutely nothing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Just, uh, yeah. Get a few burgers down my neck and I, I could quite happily just sit down, watch the telly and be enormous and do nothing. It would be <laughs> easy for me to do that, mate. <laughs> so easy. Um, so it was sort of bring me on... Um, and one thing that I've sort of seen and, and, and I like, and I know a few people um, who are in the Gone Tabin and on the Gone Tabin page, mm. is why did we hate it when we was in, but why do we all flock to it now we're out? I don't, I don't really understand it. Do you know what it is though, mate? It's not like, it's, it's not carrying the heavy weights. Yeah. It's not the punishment. It's just being with the lads and the girls, isn't it? And just having that banter because it's just being up on the hills because it's, it's not something you you can push yourself as much as you like if you're out tabbing. You can yeah. have a nice walk with a bit of heavy weight in your back or you can reduce your weight. But mm. it's just that sense of community, I think, just going out with a bunch of lads. Uh, and there's more and more women coming into the gone tabbing community now. And like some of, some of them are just kicking our asses, mate. Some of them, real. I, I was, last summer, we had what, a girl from gone tabbing, um, Claire Morton. And yeah, she, I know her. The horse. Yeah, you know, oh, yeah she has all the horses. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She re- right. I think she annoyed everybody straight off the fan dance because she went out and she did Woodhouse Trident. So Woodhouse is the hardest of the fan dance routes. Right. Well, she did that on the Saturday. Then she did the fan dance on the Saturday night and then she went back out and did it again on a Sunday and then posted a video. This was the worst bit. Posted a video on the Sunday morning going, oh, please donate me, but I didn't train that much for this. I just thought I'd give it a go. I go oh, yeah. No. <laughs> she's a cracking, she's a cracking oh, woman. Mental. Yeah. I, I met her on an event I did last year, which was like a 20, the 22, when everyone yeah. was doing sort of 22 push-ups. I got yeah. involved in like a 22, uh, 22, we did 22 Ks with 22 pounds with 22 push-ups. Yeah. Um, and she was, and, and I met her on that. And um, I hope she doesn't mind me saying this, but she turned up with a hangover. Um, and about, yeah. I don't know how far into it, she, 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 she spewed all over the floor, but then still... <laughs> <laughs> but then still cracked on uh, and I sort of become a bit of friends with her but she's dead active on, on social and she puts some good good funny stuff on like farming and all that yeah, farming yeah. farming people are hearty though aren't they do you know what I mean oh, yeah, like, yeah. you've got to have something about you to be a farmer and, and to work the land and, and, and cattle and all that stuff but yeah no she's she's a tough one yeah I'll, I'll, I'll give you that um, on the gun tabbing um, who is the originator and what what was and how long has it took you to get to where you've got to now with the sort of really as a group it's very busy do you know what I mean like yeah, there's yeah. a lot of people interacting with each other and 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 it doesn't ever seem to be like ego or um or attitude or anyone like saying I'm Billy Big Bollocks do you know what I mean no nah, there's nothing like that on it mate which is the best thing I, I've, I've said before that probably Gone Tabin and Carl Russian's page are probably the only two reasons that I'm actually on Facebook <laughs> Um, wow. Because it, it, I mean, you know, I love social media, but there's there's a lot of there's a lot of shit out there, isn't it? Let's face it. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it was started out by uh, Jr. the um, the originator of it, and I came across it about um, about three years ago, and I'd been really ill in hospital. Yeah. Um. Basically, I was told by the doctors at the time. They said, "Look, when I come out of hospital, what I've basically done is I'd for years I'd burned the candle at both ends, so I'd been hmm. like down in the ale and what have you, eaten too yeah. much." And then trying to exercise loads as well. So I I just done the coast to coast bike ride. Oh, but, nice! But in in the usual way of like you know you can do it in sort of two or three days. I was like, well, I'm going to knock this out in a day. 
So, <laughs> I, so I did the coast to coast bike ride in the day, skin full of ale afterwards, then got the train home with my bike the next day. Wow. And I up with what I, caught, what I thought was the flu. But it turned out two weeks later, I was in hospital with cots in my heart and lungs. Um, and basically didn't know anything <laughs> about it. I was basically, well, you're lucky to be alive, mate. So from that, I had loads of scarring in my lungs. And wow. he said, you're never going to run again. You're never going to cycle. You need to find yourself a new normal. So came wow. out of hospital, really depressed. Thought, right, I'm never going to do that again. And then probably after about two or three weeks, and I was having problems climbing the stairs, I was like, okay, we'll find a new normal. So I went on the internet and found Avalanche Endurance Events who run the fan dance. Yeah. And I thought, right, doing extreme stuff is now going to be my new normal. <laughs> so, so I started training for that. Within 12 months, I was, up, I was up the fan, really. And it was the first time that I did the fan dance that I came across a guy at the start who introduced me to the Gone Tabbing page. And he, right. said, he said, get over here, mate. Get on the page. He said, loads of good tips on there. And from there, really, it's just grown from there. And there was probably a couple of hundred of us on it at the time. I think, you know, there's well over sort of 1,500 people on that page now. And, and it's growing all the time. This, t- this time of year, it really grows because people are training for the fan. So, uh, yeah, but that's where it came from. And there is no ego on it. It's all, it. it's all people just encouraging each other to just get out in the outdoors, really, and just do whatever they can. And, uh, yeah, I th- there's, there's no better page on Facey. Yeah, no, it's, it, it is a top page. And uh, a friend of mine on there, Matt Terrence, uh, yep. he, he, he's training and he's training hard and he's had his own sort of battles. And uh, it, it's good to see the mix of ex-servicemen and people still serving. But as well, obviously, there's people who are just mad for it, you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, people totally. who haven't served or but somewhere along the line have an affinity to the military or the military community and, and they're getting into it, do you know what I mean? And I think, and I think that's... That's good. So, on the the, the team that sorry the Avalanche the um, the guys who run the fan dancing mm. um, for those who don't know are they from a like special forces background? Yeah, mate. Yeah, it's it's the founder is there, Ken Jones. Right. And if you've if you've not heard of Ken Jones, I would tell anybody to get themselves on Amazon. And he he wrote a book called Darkness Descending. And it's right. all about him. Um, it was coming out. I think it's in Bulgaria. Somewhere. Basically, he goes to climb the Alps. Uh, right. Not the. Well, not, I don't know. If it's the Alps. Right. climbing the mountains but anyway gets caught in two avalanches smashes his body up uh, wow. and then manages to crawl down the mountain basically over sort of three or four days and, and come to safety and then from wow. there he rehabilitated and come and, and basically started avalanche endurance events but he is he's, he's ex-parachute regiments right. Um, right. you know all the guys who are, are with avalanche now are all are all ex-special forces in fact just interviewed a guy last night so you need to get him on your podcast Nick Grange um, yeah XSF as well now runs Elite Outdoor Fitness and there's some top blokes on there and again um, it's a really authentic experience you're going to get if you go to the fan dance it's not like you're um, it's not like you're going to turn up to a marathon and there's going to be uh, there's going to be music and there's going to be banners you're going to get shouted at you know what I mean if, if you don't if you don't if you don't follow the simple instructions then you're going to get beasted um, yeah I'm, I'm I'm all for it I am all for it. Um, I think I think that's great, and I think that's why it's a success. Um, mm. Because, and it's only my opinion, but we have got extremely woolly and extremely soft, oh, um, yeah. and we are capable of so much more as individuals if we just fucking one believe in ourselves, and two, um, you know, do do as it says on the tin. Do you know what I mean? Eat right, sleep well, and train hard. 
Um, it's not. It's not just that we're capable of it, though. It's what we're built for, isn't it, mate? Because yeah, we're built yeah. to we're built to live outdoors. Yeah, we're built to fight off saber-toothed tigers. We're built <laughs> yeah. to do all that, and, and we're not doing that anymore. We're sitting in our nice little castles with yeah. air conditioning and Wi-Fi. We've got no danger whatsoever. So people now perceive danger as somebody saying something that they don't like on Twitter. Yeah. So then they go on, and then they, I mean that's the only social media that they'll get involved in because it's just it's just a shit storm, isn't it? It's just yeah. people just on there wanting to belittle somebody else, and that, that, because they've got nothing to fight now, and they've got no everything's too comfortable for them. That, yeah. They've just got to, they, they, they just go off and one. Yeah, it, it's it, it's amazing, isn't it? Matt? Like I'm not ditching on my local park when I understand people have whatever, but they called. The park went off this weekend because it was a little bit icy. Oh. Like, I I went out and like I did me 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 sort of ten k to the gym, mm. and then I got involved with a mucker of mine. He's uh, Mark Tonner. He's ex he's ex infantry. Uh, um, lost the use of his arm due to an IED explosion in Afghan. The guy's a bodybuilder. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and he's a top gadgy. And then I ran into his boot camp, and he's like, "Oh, what's it like outside?" I'm like. Well, it's a little bit slippy, Mark, but, you know, we're not in Sangin. <laughs> <Do you know? laughs> I mean, I know. like, if you want to sort of, you know, you, you bang on to what you said is, you know, we've gone from fighting saber-toothed tigers to getting upset because someone said something that you, you don't agree with or, um, or you, you, you can't say that now or, you know, you, you might get... And, and, and I don't agree with it. And I, I've not done any of those events and, and I certainly would love to get involved. Um, I've done, when I was training to become mountain leader, I did sort of the Breckens, because obviously yeah. like, it's like, oh yeah, I want to see the phone box and do, 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 do yeah. that. And it, and it is hard country. It is hard country. And it reminds me very much of the Yorkshire Dales. Yeah, and yeah. it's sort of in how it looks. Um, and I would say to people who are going to do stuff down there, um, on a bad day, it can just be as brutal as anywhere in the world. Do you know Absolutely. what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it can be featureless. It can be barren. Um, luckily, when I went, I got like two perfect weather days. I was like, mm. oh, it's gl- gleaming here. <laughs> but <laughs> um, I can imagine it in snow and that. Um, yeah, yeah. What, what, do you think makes, what do you think makes those events so hard? Is there something psychologically involved with it? Um, or is it a bit of like it's nails and it's psychologically tough? Both, mate. Yeah, and I think it's more—it's more psychological than anything else. It's more—it's more your mind on that because first time I did the fan dance. So anybody who's not done it before, basically, you, you shoot up to the top of Penny Fan, and it's probably about a two-two mile first yeah. jump up to the top. So you get to the top, and then you drop down Jacob's ladder down the other side, hit the Roman road. And I thought this Roman road was fairly flat, so I'm I'm bombing off down this Roman road, thinking this is great. This I've got another flat five miles to come back and go back up. But when you get to the halfway point, you turn around, you realise that, that Roman road wasn't flat at all. <laughs> that, that you've been running downhill for like five, <laughs> four or five miles. So then you've got to do that all the way back up. You know what I mean? So wow. that's really where it, I think, especially for your first time, that's where the mental aspect of that comes in because it's it's easy then to just turn around and go, do you know what? I'll go back to the halfway point and I'm going to sack this. Um, and that was certainly crossing my mind because so when I was talking to Nick, he was talking about his three top tips for doing it. And I'm all the things he mentioned were the mistakes I made, which yeah. is like getting me nutrition completely wrong, like probably a million gels in my backpack. So I'm like, I'm vomiting going up Jacob's ladder because I'm just too sugary, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. My walking boots were like probably about 25 quid caddy from Sports, Sports Direct. 
Mm. Um, and, and again, just didn't pace myself all the way down it. So yeah, it, it's really, it's really easy to, to lose it just, just mentally and the signs you're not going to do it. Um, and on from the fan dance, if you go through Avalanche's events, they run yep. the rest of the test week marches as well. So we recently did the one last year called Black Sabbath. Right. So we spent, you have to do a qualifying day for that. So we did the qualifying day on the Saturday, which was fairly brutal in itself. Yeah. And then on the Sunday, it was just point to point. It was, is a good reference. Got your <laughs> map. You've got your compass. All paths are out of bounds. Crap. Wow. And that was it. So I got pulled at the last checkpoint on that. And that was after about 15 mile. But it, it was literally just, just up and down through rivers. It, it was absolutely horrendous. And the weather was pretty bad that day as well. So that was totally a, a, a mental, mental thing. Because, you know, even with your nav, as soon as, soon as you start to get tired and the mists... All right. Yeah, no, I, 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 absolutely. And do they allow... Um, is it all skill nav or is it people using frigging GPS and nah, Ranger no, and all no, that? No, nothing. no GPS allowed at all. And well. it's full... At, at, the, at the checkpoints, it's full RV protocol. So if you're walking up to the checkpoints and you've got a button undone, you're going away and doing press-ups to come back, you know what I mean? So there's just no mercy on it whatsoever. <laughs> and obviously, as you fatigue everything becomes sort of a little bit more difficult. So like your admin starts to slip. Um, and what sort of people are, are turning up to this? Are they like the, the crazy, like, you know, people who are just mad for it. Are you getting ultra runners? Are you getting people who do marathons? Like, is it just a proper broad spectrum or is it a certain type of people? You do, you do get the, the ultra marathon runners who come and do it. And like, well, like we've said, it's, it's not all ex-military. There's a lot of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We've never been involved in the military there as well. But yeah, it, 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 was, a, it was a real broad spectrum. There was, there was guys there in the sort of 60s. There was, there was um, teenagers there doing it as well. And, but mainly, and I've talked about this before, it seems to be, it seems to be the 30 to sort of 50 age group. And, yeah. you know, the real sort of midlife crisis people like me <laughs> yeah. who get involved in it yeah, and get yeah. out there. And I think that for me is because there's just a lot more awareness now because I don't, I remember my dad was like, I remember my dad in his forties. Yeah. He wasn't interested in nutrition. He wasn't interested <laughs> in fizz. He was just getting out to work and coming home. And there was no, yeah. there was no education in that. And I think Netflix, the internet, all that had a lot to do with that really of just making people a lot more aware. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a, that's a great point. And I think like that bracket there, that 30 to 50, I, I see a lot of blocks. Well, I see a lot of people should have said 30 to 50, and it's almost like 30 comes and you make a decision, I'm going to drink less because I can no longer do it, or I'm married with kids, and that whole going out drinking thing is not really what I'm about anymore. Or like you say, um, midlife crisis sort of thing. Like, I, need, I can't afford a Ferrari, but what I can afford to do is I can afford yeah. to go and do these um, specialist events where I can have something to look forward to in my calendar. Like I say to people all the time, like pick a day and say on that day, I am doing that event. So therefore I have got something to, something to train for. So whenever I had a hard day at work and I'm coming home, I'm thinking I can't be asked for 45 minutes in the gym. Fucking I'm going home. No, I have to do that 45 minutes. Yeah. Have to, have to. Um, and, and, and that's a, that's a great point. And I tell you what, I, I'll make myself accountable. I'll fucking get down to one of these events because, um, Do it, mate, yeah. I, I've, I've said to, to myself, uh, every month in 2020, I'm going to do someone else's event. So mm. there's a guy in a company up here. They run like a bit of a sort of take on hunted. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, in our local forest <clears throat> and, and I've signed up and paid and I've sort of sent a message 
and I just wrote on their message board and I just wrote challenge accepted see you on fucking such and such a day <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and he's like he's like uh, do you are you going to be a, a hunter or a runner I was like oh, I'm fucking running mate I was like and you best bring all your best hunting dogs and all your best tasty blokes <laughs> I was like because you need to do your background checks on me mate I said because I'm I'm the kiddie and he's like the kiddie I'm like yep and, then, and he's like gone you're getting caught first I was like well we'll see <laughs> so straight away yeah. but I'm 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 eyeing up I am eyeing up other events um, and I think I definitely need to get back down to South Wales and come and do um, yeah, come and do one of these. Uh, yeah. And I can imagine uh, a good a good winter on uh, South Wales Brecon Beacons will be spicy. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I'm giving it. the I'm giving the Windsor fan dance a miss this year because I've got the Brecon the uh, Brecon yeah, yeah. Up, but, uh, I don't think anyone can um, <laughs> say that. <you'd... laughs> but um, now summer, I'm I'm planning on going back and doing Trident, so I'm gonna I'm gonna knock the three out the Saturday Saturday night and the Sunday. So that's that's another one of the big goals for next year. Yeah, no, that's um, that's interesting. That's that, that's really good. And sort of moving on to sort of the alley cast. Um, yeah. How has that come about, and how come you've ended up doing it? Was it your idea, or have they come to you and said you can have a good yatter? Can you do this podcast? Like, how has it come about? <laughs> right, it came about because I just since since I've left the since I left the forces, I left the raft. I've just well, not for the first couple of years, but since you know, I'll, you know, from then onwards, I've just thrown myself into things, getting out of my comfort zone. I'm, believe it or not, I'm actually a real introvert. I don't sort of mix with people. I don't really talk. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm quite happy to. That, that's why I run. I'm quite happy to just be out there on my own for four or five hours. It doesn't really bother me. Yeah. But um, when I was in the forces, I did a bit of work on BFBS and oh, right. stuff around that as well. Only, only sort of like minor stuff down in the Falklands when I was down there. But I've always sort of enjoyed broadcasting and, and what have you. Nice. So I contacted JR, who runs Gone Tavern. I was like, look, I've got an idea to set up a podcast for Gone Tavern. And he'd come back to me and he was like, sounds like a great idea, but who are you going to get on? He goes, I don't think you're going to, you're not going to, you're not going to get people on. I don't think you're going to fill it. And I went, John, I'll get, I'll get, I'll get them on. I'll, I'll do it. And he was like, go mm. on and give it a go. So then after that chat, I then walked away and thought, shit, who am I going to get on here? Who am I going to get on the podcast? <laughs> but it's, like, I think like we've discussed before, it, it's, yeah. everybody's got a story to tell. Yeah, and it's really good. And, you know, I've learned so much, even just with a few people I've spoken to so far. Like I said, the, the chat I've had with Nick from like, Elite Outdoor, really, really interesting. Mm. Um, and yeah, there, there's so many great stories out there. And I'm a bit of a podcast junkie anyway. So, I mean, yours, obviously, uh, Hugh Cares, the HR podcast, absolutely brilliant. Uh, declassified yeah. and all them. I, I'm all over that because I'm, I'm traveling about quite a bit for work. So, you know, I've always got the headphones on listening to a podcast or even if I'm out running, I'm, I've, I've got one on. Yeah. Um, and the veteran-owned community at the moment, I mean, I'm a part of Veteran-owned UK, which is run by um, Scott Johnson, who's yep. an absolute, yeah, yeah. Legend, absolute legend of a bloke. And I've had him on, I've had him on my podcast. Um, and when I started mine, it was a case of, right, I want to get, Real talk, real people is what I sort of based it on. And I've just approached businesses. Um, and like everyone, as you're right, everyone has got a story. Do you know what I mean? Like everyone has got a story and everyone's had that moment and everyone's had hardship. And no matter what you do. And like as soon as like I saw your podcast, I was like, oh, great. Another, another veteran-owned podcast. And I know there's others. Uh, Gran- Granite Zero, um, yep. he, he's got a good podcast. He's, he's doing good stuff. Um, and, and I think it's good to see. And whenever I see like veteran-owned business, um, I, I'm all over it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think it's good. This whole veteran-owned UK thing 
it, it's, it's a super positive thing for ex-veterans, wives, all that sort of carry on to really get behind each other and really sort of support each other. Um, and podcasting, like you say, it's a good way to network and totally. it's a good way to spread <clears throat> other people's stories. And as well, you know, you share mine, I share yours. It's that classic um, scratchy back thing. It's always yeah, yeah. been, it's, it's always been the way. Um, and you've done the right thing. And you, I'm telling you now, I know when we talked before, you were like, oh, I was going to do one, 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 two a month. You'll be inundated. Oh yeah. yeah. Just, people will be like, out. yeah, I'll come on mate. Yeah. I'll come on. Like, I've had no one, and I mean no one, say to me, ah, oh, nah, mate, it's not my thing. Nah, yeah. nah, I, I, I don't want to do it. Um, like, yeah, you get the initial sort of like, oh, well, what we're going to talk about? Well, we'll just have a crack. <laughs> and like, yeah. sometimes I have to like go, look at that. We have to wrap it up because we could be here for too long. But now nah, it's great. And you'll end up getting some brilliant, brilliant, brilliant sort of guests yeah, on. Yeah. And it'll only go from strength to strength. And you know it'll be uh, it'll be a good a good move. When's your next episode coming out? Uh, midnight tonight? tonight, mate. Yeah, midnight yeah. tonight's coming out, mate. Yeah, so it's all it's all scheduled to come out. I think I think it's really important though for for, for us as veterans to get out there and, and actually and, and have this voice because mm. well, I mean when I left, resettlement was was pretty much non-existent. Um, yeah. I, I, I left the RAF and I came out within a week of me coming out. I was I, I was looking for a job myself, and I think. I think a lot of the skills that we've got that are transfer- transferable from the forces aren't the things that resettlement does actually focus on anyway. And I think often it's just the fact that, you know, if you come out the forces, you're a bit necky and you can go out there and you can hustle yourself a job. You know what I mean? Because I've, in the past, I've hustled myself so many jobs that I've probably had no idea. E- even when I was, even when I sort of left and I got into driving, I would just mm. sign myself up for an agency and I'd just turn up and there'd be a tipper truck and it'd be like, have you driven one of these before, mate? And I'd go, yeah, yeah, but just show me the controls. Never touched one before in my life. Do you know what I mean? And that yeah. was just, you know, you can just adapt to it. And like I said, I've just, I've just hustled my way from one job to another, really, and got more and more experience and, and gained in confidence. Yeah, it's, it's a great point that you make, and, and you're right. Um, and, I've, and I've had a swipe before at the resettlement process, and I've had a swipe at the sort of, at, at that leaving process, because... In theory, the resettlement process is a great thing in theory, mm. but I think it's been delivered wrong because, yeah. um, and I've talked about this before with other people, um, and I'll, I'll happily talk about it with you because I quite like your take on it, but I think there's loads of great people now in the veteran-owned UK from all different sectors absolutely smashing its head in. Mm. And entrepreneurship and being a good soldier are kind of the same thing. Yeah, you know, obviously an airman or, or a sailor or whatever your background is, but it's the same thing. It's very hard for, for a good soldier, a leader to come out and then go into some, and I'll, I'll just use the word mundane job and just become a small cog in a wheel because we have been programmed to fucking, certainly me, walk into a room, <laughs> kick the door hinges and say, right, who's, who's fucking tasty in here? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Civvy Street doesn't work like that. And no. When I got my first job, I was constantly clashing, like constantly clashing with the tran- transport manager because I, like you, I've got a driver's license. So I, yeah, yeah. I was constantly like, just, and he just couldn't, like we just didn't get along because I was just too much like, right, fucking up. Do you know what I mean? Like, do- yeah, yeah, Dawes, yeah. Dawes gone in. Um, 
<laughs> I was in his office that much. I offered to pay for his carpet. <laughs> and uh, I would say things to him like, you know, oh, John can have a word. I was like, is it an interview without coffee? And he just didn't like. I didn't get it. He didn't. He, <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't understand all these phrases in the end. Um, we had to part ways because it just was never going to work. And but I got out thinking this thing like, oh, that is like amazing um, resettlement package, and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And then it just fucking nose bombed. Mm. And I was like, well, this ain't worked out, has it? Yeah. Um, so. On the resettlement process, and, and for you, let's talk about when you left yeah. to sort of how you found your feet uh, and what corporate mechanisms did you sort of implement to get you through the day-to-day hustle? Right, well, w- when I first came out, it was probably the same coping mechanisms that most um, most squaddies and rough lads sort of go through. Mm-hmm. And that was just getting out and just still getting on it on the air like I did when I was in the RAF, you know what I mean? Because that's, that's part of the culture, isn't it? And you're just mm-hmm. out there. So, I mean, why... Why my wife stuck with me for those first sort of three or four years, I have absolutely no idea. She, she's the one who deserves the sort of campaign medal mm. for that, mate. Because I was, yeah. I, was a, I was a complete dick over those years, you know. So yeah. I went out and I was, I, was going out, I was going out with the lads, still drinking and what have you. I was driving and I was really sort of getting nowhere because I think I still had this idea. When you join the forces, you know, when you first go in, you, you may be looking at the 22 years. It's the job for life. And I think you still, a lot of people still come out with an idea that you can go out there and get a job for life. Hmm. And, and you can't. You know, it's just not there these days. I've yeah. had, I mean, if I go through sort of the list of jobs I've had since since I left, I was first of all a security guard, then I was a driver. Um, I've rescued dolphins with the RNLI and dropped them back out at sea. I trained as a hypnotherapist. I become a stage hypnotist. I was a DJ. Um, <laughs> what else? God, transport manager. Worked in a supermarket. Fundraiser. So all those things um, have basically got me to where I am now, which is like wow. A, you know, I've got a pretty good job now. And I don't, I don't think we have to just focus on veterans going out there and sort of being entrepreneurs and having their own business. Yeah. I've sort of had my own business and it just wasn't for me because I didn't have the work-life balance because, you know, you're in your own business. You know what it's like. Yeah, it's, it's beast. 24-7, mate, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and I thought, now I want a bit of a work-life balance. So I focused more on my career and getting my transport manager qualifications and, and coaching qualifications so I can develop yeah. people. Because although the job I'm in now is is very much sort of numbers orientated, my firm belief is that I'm there to develop my managers and develop the people underneath me. Because if I develop them into really good leaders, then it makes my job so much easier because I haven't really got to do that much because they're going to, you know, I'm looking to develop people to be better than me. Mm. And if I can develop somebody to be better than me in that role, then, you know, the business runs better. Mm. They're happier. Um, and, and I've got that sense of satisfaction about doing that as well. And plus, when I leave that business, you know, I, I might be there till I retire. I don't know. It might be another year and another opportunity comes up. But at least I've left that legacy behind me and somebody's going to rem- remember me in a positive life, helping them along. Yeah, no, that's, a, that's, a, that's some really good sort of points that about we are very versatile as service people. And y- you can't just leave with this like tunnel vision thing of like, I'm going to go on the rigs. And I'm going mm. to be on ninety grand, and I'm yeah. going to get, I'm going to work two weekends, and and this, that, another, <laughs> and, and I'm, and I'm going to, you know, unfortunately, it, it it is very, very hard in Civvy Street, and it is um, extremely tough. And I think, I think what I'd like to see, and I'd like to see the MOD and the sort of resettlement centres 
almost have like an aftercare. Like, and mm. at some point, we have to come off the army's tit. Or, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, you yeah, have yeah. to come off the MOD. Like, you've got to go and make your own road. But, like, it's almost like that six months after you leave. I'd love to see if there was like a statistic or a graph of something where what happens to the service people six months after they after they bomb burst. Now, yep. probably the same as you. I've known people from uh, ranks as gunner to Sam Major and, and above. The rank doesn't... People go off the wire. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter where you were playing the game at. No. Once you left, I've known people just gone haywire. I know people have gone on and done really great things but I know people who are, and it, it sort of shocks me because you think oh wow wow the, the, you know they're doing they're doing that now and you mm. think fucking hell like he was like he was the kiddie do you know what I mean yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like <clears throat> wonder what's wonder what's gone on there and I think it's the transition period that people that you've got to be accountable yourself but as well just to sort of take someone's ID card off them shake their hand and say uh, we'll never see you again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, when something's been such a prominent part of your life, mm. um, it's hard. And I think that's why what Scott's created with the veteran-owned thing is brilliant because it's like you're rejoining that community yeah, yeah, and everyone's yeah. on the same sort of understanding and everyone's sort of helping each other out. And since I've become part of Veteran on UK, it, it's just like there's people doing really well there's people in the middle of the road, there's people starting out, so you can get mm. advice, do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, there's almost like there's a command structure again, and, yeah. you, and, and you understand, oh, how do I get from this to this to this to this? But uh, no, it's, um, it's something that I, I would like to see, and I certainly would like to see the MOD, um, I don't know if the word partnership with veteran-owned, but definitely make it a part of the of the resettlement process, because there is some really switched-on people leaving the forces. Yeah, totally. And and it won't be long until the first veteran-owned business is like you know the business. Do you know what I mean? And, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and that's the standard I I sort of set myself. Um, where do you think with social media? And I always ask people this question: Do you think we're going to hit the ceiling with social media, or do you think it's just going to just keep going bigger and bigger and bigger? Or is there going to be like a and we all just close in? I think it's going to get bigger, um, but I think it's going to it's going to evolve into into different things, and and who knows what that's going to be. You know, a question of uh, you know, p- people have to ask me what do you think of social media, and I personally think social media is probably the best thing since sliced bread. The only the only thing that falls down that makes social media fall down is people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if there was, you know what I mean, and if you look at the like the gone tabbing community how yeah. else could could you know there's there's people on there now from all over the world all connected yeah, yeah. all doing that same thing all encouraging each other um yeah and there's you know we've got sites out there of 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 idiots and, and and people just using it for the wrong thing but i think if you go into social media with the with with the idea of of creating a positive change in the world then then it's a great thing but yeah i, I think i think it is going to evolve um I, I, you know what and i don't even know what into because it, things have changed so much haven't they I mean, how long's Facebook been with us? Not not really that long. Two thousand is it? Two thousand six, two thousand five, yeah, yeah. maybe. I mean, yeah. I think, and and I don't know if you listen what other podcasts you listen to, but I I listen to a lot of sort of like Gary V, mm. uh, Grand Cardone, business sort of related podcasts yeah, yeah. And, and things to do with social media, and it's almost like with like with anything you either have to be the first or be the best. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, to get some sort of real traction. And what I've noticed now on sort of Facebook 
is it's very hard for businesses to get traction. I mean, even, I don't know if you're where you work now, I don't know if they have like a big sort of social media presence, yeah. but it's, it's very hard for starting businesses. I mean, end of day, Facebook, Instagram, all those things are free. So you can never grumble at the word free, mm. but it's like, again, going back to the resettlement thing, I think a course in social media is now, it is more important than a forklift license. Do you yes, know what totally. I mean? Yeah, yeah. If, you, yeah. if you're going to be getting out, you've got to understand about hashtags, engagement, um, creativity, different platforms for different um, sort of engagement. What is it that you sort of made you choose Instagram? I mean, you're on Instagram and Facebook, aren't you? But I yeah, see yeah. that you're more active on... Yeah. Well, you, your engagement on Instagram is higher than Facebook, yeah. but it's, do you know what I mean? The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Same, it's the same message. I mean, I was a bit of a late comer to Instagram, really. I, I, saw, I initially saw it as something, I saw, I saw Instagram probably a couple of years ago as I see Snapchat now, because my wife's yeah. on Snapchat. And I was, she's saying to me, you're going on Snapchat? I'm like, no, because I'm a grown adult, so I'm not <laughs> going on Snapchat. But, and that was where I saw Instagram, but I think Instagram is a much more positive place. Yeah. Uh, and it, it, yeah, it can be negative if people are putting out bad body image pictures on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just, I think it's a much more positive way to engage with people um, because they're going on there to look at pictures. They're not going on there like on Twitter to see what your, your yeah. 23 characters or whatever it is are saying. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think very few people probably actually even read the comments that you stick under your Instagram post, the more interested in, in the photo or the more interesting video you've put on. And that's why I trying to try and engage a bit more on Instagram. And I think you can get your message across on there much better than you can with Facebook because with Facebook, you just go on there and you just scroll in and you know, there's, there's, again, there's, there's a lot of junk on there and it's all. Yeah. Well, if you think Snapchat's crazy, um, have you had an opportunity to go on TikTok yet? I've got, mate, no. Don't, don't, don't introduce me to something else, mate. You're driving me mad. I was downstairs before, and like, it was just Snapchat was open, and it was just all these stupid voices. As soon as, soon as I see something, some, as soon as somebody sends me a picture with a Snapchat filter on, I'm like, delete, bye. I, just, I, can't, I can't be doing with it at all. Well, let me tell you, um, TikTok is absolutely bonkers. Yeah. Um, it's going to be the next big platform, and one thing I would say to anyone with TikTok is, because it's a new platform, it allows crazy organic reach. I've okay. just had a video. I think I, I think it's a nine-second video of me just putting out a bit of like, pin your ears back, Lofty. Um, and it's been seen 17,000 times. Right. And, I've, and I've not put a penny behind it. Now, yeah, yeah. to get the same reach on Instagram or Facebook, yeah. there's 100 quid, 200 quid yeah, stacked sorry, against yeah. that. So what TikTok's really good for it's really super creative on the videos. You can do all sorts, but the main the main audience is kids between the age of about twelve to about sixteen, <laughs> and like people will comment on my things, and I'm like, does no one actually use real words anymore? What does fucking GBTB cute like? I don't understand. Like they just write like Y YFB or TPT, and I'm like, I- I'm sorry, I'm like thirty five. I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> Um, and you, and you're crazy, but it's going to be the next. It is going to be the next big platform. And um, Gary Vee's been banging on hard about it for ages. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, if Snapchat blows your mind, I'm keeping away from it. Well away from it. What is this all about? Like, it's absolutely mental. And it's like, it seems to be like a bit like the Wild West. I get about a million messages. You know, like, like 
you get like women, don't you? And it's not women. It's some either computer or some guy yeah, yeah. in a basement. And he's like, oh, hiya, would you like to go and talk on this? No, you're not a real woman. You're just trying to take my kidneys out of my body. <laughs> just, leave, just, just leave me alone. Um, Stephen, we're absolutely, uh, we're rattling through this, which is class. Uh, and I sort of want to move on to um, the five watts, which yeah, is mate. a big part of my show. Uh, I love doing this. Um, so the first one, um, uh, what's the greatest piece of advice you've been given? Greatest piece of advice, um, easily for me, and it took me a while to learn this, is just don't try and do everything. You know what I mean? The, we're all specialists at something. And yeah. that's, that, that's basically how you create community as well, is yeah. by finding somebody else who does the, the stuff that you're absolutely rubbish at and getting them to do it for you. And that's worked really well for me in work as well. And, you know, I've worked with people over the past sort of four or five years, not, not in the company I'm in now per se, but I worked for a, a large German supermarket before that. Um, and um, a lot of people within that were just, it, it, it was the biggest ego trip that they had. As soon as they were in a management role, it was like, I've got this role, I need to do this thing, and I'm going to keep this to myself, and I'm not going to communicate to anybody mm. else. And I think if you, can, if you can learn that, you know, there are things you aren't good at, and hand them to the specialists who are really good at it, again, makes your life so much easier. And then you, you'll get things done better. <laughs> yeah. What, one thing that annoys me about sort of Civvy Street is there's a lot of this, I've sent them an email, like, they sit next to you, like, they sit there, yeah, like, yeah. you know, just ask them the question, yeah. oh, I'll have emailed them, but no, that's a, yeah, that's, that's a, that's a, a, that's a good one, you know what I mean, like, just mm. digging at what you're, what you're good at. Um, second one, what's on your bucket list, either as an individual, or as a podcast, or as a gone tabbing bloke, what's, what's on there? Um, I think physically wise on my bucket list and it's not going to be next year but I'm, I'm maybe the year after is probably the Marathon de Sable um, <laughs> it's got it's got yes. to be done I just look at it all the time and I just think I need to do that um, you need to um, that's a class one and yeah. I don't know if you know about it, but there's a woman called Fiona Oaks I know Fiona to, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I've engaged with her on Instagram. It's worth a shout. Yeah, no, she... no. I've spoke to Fiona Oaks as well because I was a member of um, I was a member of Vegan Runners, and she was oh. the, she was the person who formed Vegan Runners, wasn't she? So uh, yeah, complete plant based athlete, isn't she? But yeah, no, yeah. Fiona Oaks. I've seen, seen her film Running for Good. A really good mate. Really good. Yeah. No. Hey, hey. Fair. If you if you do do that and whatever you need sponsorship or whatever, man, just just let us know because um, that is. You know, I think even Chuck Norris has failed that. Um, <laughs> and he's, he's, yeah. that's like a. I mean, you have to sign a waiver, don't you? Saying yeah, if yeah. you die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I'd love to implement that into my stuff. Like, I'd love to, even as just a bit of a sort of like, uh, yeah. just just read this and sign it. It yeah. says if you. It's not my fault. There's a good chance you, you will die. What? <laughs> well, yeah, that's the, uh, physically wise. That's on my bucket list. Wow. Um, yeah, but I think I think personally at the moment I'm in a really I'm in a really good place, um, and I can't you know apart from sort of traveling places I want to go to, then there's nothing really sort of major that I feel I feel I need to achieve at the minute. Um, have you heard of the Barkley Marathon before? Absolutely, oh mate, oh. yeah. No, I think I think I don't know. <laughs> Do you know what? I'd say no, but then you sort of look at it and you think, oh, I don't know. But yeah, well, the Nikki Spinks, she's another top top quality runner. Um, she's got a show on YouTube. Um, and we just watched that the other day and she's like an elite runner and when when she like pulled out, got in the jack wagon, whatever you want to call it, like that, how hard must that be? Do you know what I mean? Like, And it just sounds bonkers as well. Like the whole thing just sounds absolutely bonkers. But 
yeah, there's some great like um, Moby Dicks out there, you know. Do you know what I mean? Like, wow, yeah. I want to go and do that. That'd be that'd be special. But Marathon de Sade, man. Yeah, that, that's that's definitely on the bucket list. And I was watching it. I was on Amazon last night, and I was watching another one. There's a thing in there called I think it's called High Ultra or something, Man. and it's in the Himalayas, and it's the highest ultra in the world. So it's all run between twelve thousand and eighteen thousand feet, and they were like they were all dropping from hypoxia and all sorts yeah. of low, low blood oxygen a lot. But yeah, that looks, that looks amazing. Stay in mind. Nah, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, third one, mate. Uh, what's been your toughest day? Toughest day, mate. Right. Um, it was probably about, again, it wasn't in business or anything, but it was probably about six months after after I lost my mum because right. um, I, lost, I lost my dad when I was about 24 uh, and I yeah. thought it was going to be really hard, but I still had my mum around and I sort of coped with that. And then I lost my mum a couple of years ago and, um, you know, suddenly you think, shit, that's it. I'm on my own now. Do you know what mm. I mean? You, yeah, yeah. There's no sort of parents about. And I had everything. I'm, I'm the youngest of seven. Um, right. but I'm the only lad so I just organised everything organised the funeral and I think six months after that and I was having a bit of a hard time in work as well I just found myself in the car one day and I was like what, what's it all about do you know what I mean I was probably at my lowest there but I'd never I'd never suffered with any sort of mental Ill- injury or, or any sort of degree of mental fitness that, that wasn't wasn't tip top really and I think it, it all got on top of me at that point um, mm. yeah and that, that was one of the turning points in my life really as well as well as sort of going into hospital it was it was that and I think without my wife around me at the time to sort of mm. uh, support me, I was lucky I had somebody to talk to. But, you know, I can see, yeah, you know, guys coming back. I, I mean, uh, you know, I, I came out of the forces in 2001, but guys coming back from Afghanistan now and, you know, with, without the, 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 a lot of the times without the mental support. I think it's got a lot better within the forces now. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I mean, I had never sort of understood how somebody could get to that lowest ebb until that point. Yeah, and, it, and it, you, you're right. Like, and I'll touch on that. Sort of on my first Herrick on Herrick Eight, um, I got like one of those like random. Oh, you end of touring, you're going on a career course, and we need to get you back. Mm-hmm. Like, literally, I went from like mogging out on the ground, fucking dusting up, dusting up all the time. You know, this crazy eighteen-hour day, fucking sleeping in a sleeping bag, rations. Bosh, forty-eight yeah. hours later, I, I was back in. I was back in Asda. Do you know wow. what I mean? And I'm like, just like a zombie. Like, <laughs> and then there's like people coming to say, "Oh, what was it like out there?" And you're like, "What was it like?" Um, where do you want us to start? Did yeah. you kill many people? Like, I've literally had that as a question. Yeah. Did you Did you kill many people? I love. I stopped counting after a thousand minutes. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Like, crazy, it? It's like, and that's what they did. That's what they did wrong. Do you know what I mean? Instead yeah, of saying. Yeah. We need to get individuals and don't just go to Cyprus and fill each other in for 48 hours. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's not, that's not decompression either. No, like, that's just don't go to Cyprus. Yeah. And um, have a few tins, fill each other in and then, um, you know, yeah, yeah. let's, let's crack on. Um, it's, I think it's a lot more complex than that, but no, that's a fair one made for you tough yeah, yeah. because yeah, yeah. without those people being there. Oh yeah. I was dead lucky. Yeah. It's, it's easy to descend in it in, in, totally. in, into, um, into a bad spot but uh, on the happier things number yeah. four uh, what's your happiest day happiest day uh, obviously meeting my wife getting married everybody's yeah. going to say that but no it wasn't no. Save. She, she, she's a cracking girl she's uh, <laughs> <laughs> she's wife, wife number three because I went through a couple of hours in the forces but we've been together like 20 years now she's, oh, she's well. but I think no I, uh, after that I think the happiest day for me was obviously once I'd come out of hospital and I walked over the finish line of that fan dance oh, after being told 
by yeah, the doctors no. that you ain't going to do that again. That was that was an amazing feeling. There was a couple of uh, a couple of man tears cried that day when I walked over that finish line. But yeah, that, that's that was class. Yeah, no, yeah. that's class. Um, and I think you've just said it, but uh, what what's next? Yeah, Brecon's Cardiff Ultra and Trident next year. And it was funny you were talking about Hardmores as well because I was just looking at the the Hard Rolls eighty last night because I want to wear, I want to sort of tie tie the year. I think that's in November. So yeah, I think if I can get three events in next year, then yeah, yeah that'll be the third, I reckon. The Hard Rolls eighty's just ran, and I know loads of people who've done it, like and just done it, and it was absolutely barbaric this year yeah. because the the mud was just terrible like yeah, yeah. the conditions were terrible sounds and, amazing <laughs> yeah like it is and jo- john Steele is ex-para yeah. so and all of his events are running like a, it's immaculate mm. from everything's immaculate um and like i was looking at the photos and i was watching the live trackers and i was like like to run 80 miles i mean we're gearing up to try and run 60 like that in itself is a beast yeah, but yeah. like and finish a 60 and then go, oh, there's another 20 mile fella. <laughs> like, ah, but yeah, the hard walls. Um, yeah, it looks good that. Hessel to um, Filey. Yeah, Filey, on, yeah. yeah, on yeah. the Yorkshire Walls way. Yeah, have a crack. Do you know what I yeah. mean? November. Pff, you're doing a lot of that on Head Torch, but hey, <laughs> we only, we're only here once, mate, aren't we? Do you know what I mean? And, yeah, it, yeah. And, and, and you're defined by what you did do, what you, not what, what I was going to do. Yeah, or yeah totally. what I what I thought I was going to do. So, hmm. nah, that's uh, that's brilliant. Stephen, um, thanks very much for coming on the show. It's been absolutely brilliant to speak to you. Um, tell the world, tell the people about Gone Tabin, Alicast, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, Gone Tabin page. Just go onto Facebook, uh, type Gone Tabin. It'll come up. Um, j- just join on there and, you know, straight away, any questions you want to ask, any events you want to get involved in, just ask the question on there and somebody will answer that for you. Alternatively, uh, the Alicast Facebook page, go on there. That will tell you when all the new episodes are coming out. Subscribe to that on Apple Podcasts, um, Spotify, or um, just go to alleycast.org. Brilliant, brilliant. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that's been Stephen from the Alleycast. Make sure you support his podcast and the Gone Tavern community. And if you're not a service person or you want in the army or you want whatever, that's not an issue. And if you want to get involved, there's all sorts of stuff there. Um, it does look the bollocks, all of the fan dance stuff, and it is something that I am definitely, definitely going to be doing. Um, like I said, life is about what we've achieved, not what we thought we were going to achieve. Um, I am going to sort of finish off with one more guest uh, this year, and then I'm taking a Christmas sabbatical, and then we come back in 2020, lining up some more epic guests. So, ladies and gentlemen, I'll have this podcast out as soon as I can. Uh, thanks very much, and easy is next week with someone else. Stephen, thanks very much, Mucker. Cheers, dude. Thanks, mate.